Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Hey, well, I'm excited to be here with you, man. I, I love this church. You, you have no idea how much I love this church. Uh, if you've been around since the start, some of you might have been. Um, I have been. I, I can remember being a college student living in Los Angeles. And I'm not joking, Heather, you, you can attest to this. I used to drive up every single weekend when this church started. Um, I, yeah, literally the six hour drive from Los Angeles, well, maybe for some of you, four and a half hour drive, but the six hour drive for most of us to get up here, um, man, I used to make it every single weekend. Uh, Chris and I have, have been friends for a very long time. Um, I, I wouldn't even be in ministry if it wasn't for him. And I, and I don't just say that. This isn't some like pastor statement of like, yeah, no, like I really wouldn't even probably be a Christian if it wasn't for him. Uh, he stepped in an opportune season of my life where I was struggling with this concept of faith. See, I grew up around church, but I wanted nothing to do with church. And he grew up and started asking some profound questions to me to, to allow me to have the space to intellectually process who God was. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be who I am today um, of the impact that he's had. And as he was saying, you know, he, he was the one that kind of introduced me to church again. He was the one that, that discipled me. He's the one that became a very dear friend and I would even consider one of my best friends to this day. And it's fun, fun doing life with him. Uh, it's been fun to see this church continue to flourish and grow. Um, let me share a little bit about my family. I got a picture right here for you. Um, you. Many of you are gonna look at my family and say this makes no sense because my family doesn't make sense. Uh, that's the beauty of it. Uh, I have two 27 year olds on the outside. This is the point where many of you start to do math like you're not even 27. I at least give myself that credit. Um, but at the same time, they were adopted at 16 and then my son got married here two years ago. And then my two youngest down here, I got Caden and Caleb and then my wife next to me there. Uh, we, we have a lot of fun. Uh, three of my kids adopted. My wife works at Azusa Pacific as the water polo coach. And uh, we, we get to experience a lot of really cool things that God has done in our family. And, and again, I wouldn't be the man that I am today and get to lead the family that I get to lead if it wasn't for Chris. So I'm excited to be here. Um, but, but as for you, your church ha has meant a lot to us. Your church helps us start four years ago in Pasadena and, and we're seeing just a remarkable movement happen in, in our area and a lot of really th cool things. And so the fact that you call LifePoint your home or maybe you're new today, I would encourage you to call this your home because of the impact that you're having here, not just here, but around the world. And so thank you for that. I want to address this idea of generosity. Now I know, okay, here comes the guest speaker talking about generosity. It's easy for us to kind of step back. But see, that notion where, where someone says giving or generosity in church, many people will kind of back off of that. See, some of us can start to feel uncomfortable because here it is, the pastor's talking about giving again. Now, now I, I wanna just address this for a second because that uncomfortability, that, that tension, see, that, that shows something that's unhealthy to me. And, and I wanna talk about that today. The message title for you today is called Generosity Ladder. Again, Generosity Ladder. I wanna talk about how we can utilize our finances and I wanna present proper methodology, but more importantly, I wanna present four practical steps to you on how I can give you the keys to help unlock and display a real and tangible God. See, in 2020 and 2021, many of us, you know, we're, we're seeing people really question God right now. I mean, is God real? Or, or why would I even want to go to church? So many people are stuck at, at being home. And, and I get that there's a level of, 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 of concern of saying, hey, I'm going to watch this from home. And, and we're glad that if you're joining us online, we're glad that you're with us. But there's a level in which that the church, the local church is still the bride of Christ and there's, there's something incredibly important about this. 
And I want to give you the keys to help unlock that where other people can see a real and tangible God. I want to encourage you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. That's where we're going to stick today. That's where we're going to be and we're going to land. Um, I'm, I'm going to share some other passages, but we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Now, as we pick up in Matthew chapter 6, we have to understand what's, what's happening before this and what's happening in verse 5 and beyond this, but specifically in chapter 5, we're picking up in what's called the Sermon on the Mount. See, if you're new to church, this is a, a part in Scripture where Jesus is ultimately teaching Christian ethics. In other words, how we live as Christians. Maybe you're coming in and you're brand new today and you're exploring this idea of faith. You're exploring this idea of, of what does this mean to actually live this out. See, what I want you to know that within these three chapters, Jesus is helping us, is helping teach us how to live out our faith. And maybe you've been around the church for a long time and you're wondering, how can I live my faith out to where other people can see it? See, in this particular chapter of chapter 5, Jesus starts off with this idea of the Beatitudes. In other words, it's, it's a section in Scripture that teaches us how to be blessed. Right? He, he moves on to this idea that we can be a salt to the earth. In other words, we can be a spiritual preservative to a spiritually decaying generation. Jesus talks about this idea of how he came to fulfill the law. In other words, emphasizing the importance of Christian ethics. He talks about anger and lust and divorce. He talks about overpromising. He, he talks about how we can respond in turmoil and, and how to love our enemies. And then all of a sudden, after all of this, it picks up in, in verses 1 through 4 where I believe Jesus talks about this idea of giving for just a few short verses. I have this weird thing as a pastor where I'll spend hours writing a message and then I have this sick and twisted thing where I'll go compare it to other great preachers. And what I did is I would go look for a passage or a sermon on these particular four verses and I'm gonna be honest, I couldn't find it. So, so I, I realized that I might be the sucker on this passage to kind of present it to you today but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best here. But in verses one through four it simply says this. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But catch these next couple words. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. First of all, I, I want to address this idea of this tension when we talk about giving in the church. See, I believe that we as, as, a, as a big C church, not, not this particular church, is we have this wrong. I believe that this is an area that, that we have talked about this here at this church. But when I travel and I work with other churches, because I've had the opportunity and privilege to work with churches all across this country in different levels. And as I, as I travel and work with a consulting group in, in this particular area, see, I believe that a lot of churches have this wrong. And this is why a lot of people walk away from the church. You know, I share with you this idea that in Pasadena, we're a de-church community where people want nothing to do with the church, where I've got to sit at Starbucks and help restore some hope into someone that the church is an incredible opportunity to, to learn about the hope of Jesus. 
See, as I sit in these coffee appointments with people that want nothing to do with the church, one of the things I, I learn often is I learn that people want nothing to do with the church is because they've seen churches misuse this idea of financial stewardship, that, that churches, in fact, will get up and, and, and say, look at us, and they'll blow their trumpets, and yet Jesus is saying... Don't let the left hand know what the right is doing. In fact, it gives us these two points that when you give, give in secret. It says this, that when you give, your father will reward you. See this, I I love this idea that when you give, your father will reward you because this is a definitive statement. I've got four kids, right? I, I, I've got old ones and young ones. I've got, I've got the whole gamut of, uh, of parenting right now. I've got the young adults where they're calling me in the middle of the night and then I have you know, the seven, eight-year-olds that are waking me up in the middle of the night. It's just a season where they, they don't like to give me sleep. That's the reality. But, but see, one of the dynamics of, about this is this idea that when I give you know, my young kids a definitive statement of I'm going to go buy you sugar right now, do you think that they're gonna be excited about that? Absolutely, right? Let's, let's be honest, right? Like, hey, I'm going to go buy some dessert right now, right? I, I love cookie jar. When I come to Elk Grove, I always got to go get me some cookie jar. If you don't know what cookie jar is, you need to find cookie jar. I am the best commercial for that place that you can possibly find. Um, but man, when, when I promise something like that, that definitive statement, man, they are drawn in. I believe that to be true for us as well. That when God gives us a definitive statement, it's something that should catch our attention, yet It says that when you give, your father will reward you. This isn't a questionable statement. This is the father promising this. Now, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver because the reality is, as it says this, it's not saying that you give so you can get because if you're giving so you can get, it's the wrong motive. It's about you. It's actually egocentric. But see, when you give to God and trust God in this area, see, something incredible happens. And then the Father says, look, I will reward you, but it's not always a financial means of reward. It could work in so many different ways. And I don't want to overpromise, but this idea that when the Father will give, that when we give, the Father will reward you. We need to understand that in this particular passage of Matthew chapter 6, what's happening here is Jesus is actually giving an assumptive phrase. And today I want to actually, I want to present something to you that I call the generosity ladder. I want to talk about this idea of the generosity ladder. And I want to go back to Matthew chapter 6 verse 3. See, the first couple words of Matthew chapter 6 verse 3, it simply says, but when you give to the needy, But when you give to the needy, notice this isn't a question of, but if you give, it's a phrase of, but when you give. I I love this particular verse because there's a lot of depth in this particular verse. And see, the, the English Bible that we get today was actually translated, the New Testament was translated from the Greek language that actually had more depth It actually, it gives more depth to the connotation and to the meaning. And see this phrase of, but when you give to the needy is actually a Greek phrase called pointos, which means it's an assumptive phrase of a call to action to carry out or perform. That when Jesus says, but when you give to the needy, he's assuming that we understand something already. See, it's it's as if, he was speaking to a time and an age where, where giving was something of the norm. 
See, in the first century Roman Judeo context, it was actually normal to give. It was something that they were used to doing. That, that when even we go back to the Old Testament, we see this idea all across of Deuteronomy that they would give out of thankfulness, that they would give out of priority, that they would give out of discipline. There was this understanding that God would be the one to give them uh, the power to attain wealth. We see that in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Right In chapter 26, verse 10, it talked about this idea. Now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground which you, O Lord, have given me. There was this foundational principle that, that was ingrained in society that at this time, and this is why I believe Jesus says this assumptive phrase of, but when you give to the needy, this was something they were used to. Now, the reason why I want to present this idea of the generosity ladder to you is because I believe this generosity ladder is something that Jesus is subconsciously and really addressing in an assumptive language. And the reason why I know that to be true is because it's the consistent theme throughout the word of God. And I want us as a church to understand what the generosity ladder is. See, many of us are giving nothing right now. And I want to encourage us to take the first step on this generosity ladder where we would go from nothing to where we would go to something. That we would begin to take this practical step of nothing to something. Now, the reason why it's hard to take this first step sometimes is we get caught in the comparison season of life. right? We get caught in the comparison of our neighbors, how they're spending their money. We get caught in the comparison of our coworkers or our siblings and we see how they're spending money and we're like, man, we need more and we want to try to attain more and see, it really be, it begins to consume us. And where I want to encourage us to go from nothing to something is something I, I want us to understand for a second because when we really take a step back and we look at the perspective of how much we have, it's actually mind-boggling. Did you know 35, if you make 35000 a year or more, that you're in the top 10% of wage earners in the world? Let that sit for a second. That if you're in the top, if, if you, sorry, if you make $55,000 a year or higher in income, you're in the top 2% of wage earners in the world. 55,000 or a year or higher. But yet we get caught in saying, well, I don't have enough to give to God. But yet when we look at it in the grand scheme of things, we're actually, we're actually, the wealthy of the wealthy. You see, we're in the top percentile, but yet we don't want to give to God and we would rather stay on this platform of nothing. I think about this idea that when we wake up in the morning, right? We wake up in our PJs and then we get our work clothes on. We gotta get buttoned up, right? Nails done, hair done, everything did. You think you're fancy, huh? Right? Then we, we get our workout clothes on. Then we get our comfortable clothes on. So well, some of you can watch the Cowboys, which we'll pray about. Then we get our next set of PJs on so we can go back to bed. And we've had five set of, of, of good items of clothing on it, and yet there's a lot of people around this world that don't even have one. See, I want to encourage us that we would go from nothing to something. See, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 simply says this, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. See, I love this because when you begin to give something, Hebrews presents this opportunity to you that you have an opportunity to please God. I love the, the, the idea that we're talking about giving and the reason why I, I like this, this is because it's, an, it's a practical way for us to actually please God. That, that today we're talking about generosity. 
See, where I'm really encouraging you is where is your faith in the means of finances so that we can display our faith to who God really is? Can you take the step from nothing to something? The second point that I want to present to you today is from something to percentage, sorry, yeah, from something to percentage giving. I, I love uh, looking at some different things about different churches. And to be honest with you, church is an extremely generous church. Uh, in fact, uh, 67% of your church is, is on this step right here. But see, where I want to encourage you is I want to encourage you to take the next step in the generosity ladder. And what that next step is that you would go from something to percentage giving. From something to percentage giving. Um, I, I can remember one, one time I, I was, well, I've been in ministry for about 18 years. But there was one year in ministry where I, I had this intern that came up to me and said, Jeff, I, I, you know, we talked about this idea of giving. And I, I got to be honest. I can't take the step to give a certain percentage because I really don't have enough to pay my bills right now. And, and see, I addressed this particular intern and, and I said something to him. I said, hey, do you have the faith that God can show up? He said, yeah, I do. And I said, why don't you set a percentage, whatever that percentage is. Let's start there. And what I want to encourage you to do is come back to me in a couple of months and tell me if, you, if you've run out. He came back to me a few months later and he said, Jeff, I haven't run out. Like, I continue to see God show up and do incredible things. And, and, and see, in this particular area where, where, where this intern came back to me and said this, see, this is what happens is on this particular step where we begin to see God show up and show off. But see, oftentimes we want to stay on the step of just giving the something or maybe the nothing on, on the foundational. And, and see, what happens is we don't even give God the opportunity to show up and show off. And see, I want to encourage us to get to this area of percentage giving because now we're presenting an opportunity for God to do something incredible. Now, th this is where we get to the third step uh, of this generosity ladder, that we would go from percentage giving to tithing, right? This is that biblical uh, Old Testament concept that we see the first fruits, right? Now, and what I hear oftentimes is, I hear a lot of people say, well, this is not a New Testament principle. Jesus actually doesn't teach about tithing, right? This is a conversation I would have with a businessman. This is stuff I've heard from people right now in Pasadena. This is stuff I hear actually across the country where people will say, well, this is not a, a New Testament uh, concept. And see, I, I would actually challenge that. Because I think Jesus wants us to get here. And this is really, I'm going to use a word that has a negative connotation in our, in our day and age. This is actually the expectation of Jesus. This is the expectation so that when we talk about Matthew chapter 6, this is just the starting point of when he says, but when you give to the needy. Now, now, why do I, I say this? Why, why do I address this? Because in Luke chapter 11, this, there's incredible uh, address where Jesus is actually addressing, and, and what he's doing is, is he's actually addressing the Pharisees, which is the religious leaders of the time. And he says this, but woe to you, Pharisees. He's actually rebuking them. He says, but woe to you, for you tithe and uh, mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the other. See, the incredible part of this is this idea of their mint or, 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 or herbs in this time. What this was is this was their currency, which we would call in modern day time, our finances. And, and see, the re religious leaders at the time had no problem tithing. But man, they didn't want to do justice or the love of God. And, and see, where the interesting part about this is in 2021, we love talking about justice in our day and age. 
We, we could talk about justice. And maybe we can even talk about the love of God. Maybe that will make some of us uncomfortable. And, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people in our country where we have an opportunity in this day and age to, to stand up and, and to really speak for other people and to, to really defend other people. Justice is an important thing. Talking about the love of God is incredibly foundational to our faith. See, these are important. But what does he say? These you ought to have done without neglecting others. In fact, he, he, he actually affirms this and says, no, no, no. You want to talk about justice. You want to talk about the love of God. But see, giving and tithing is actually a part of this. This is incredibly important for us to understand. I, I have this story. It's a, a real story. I was hanging out with a businessman, and, and he came to me, and we're having coffee, and we're having this concept and this conversation about this idea of tithing. And, and, and he's having this conversation about tithing, and, and he says, look, I make $100,000, Jeff. Now I'm going to have $10 here, 10 single dollars, right? And, and in this 10 single dollars, right, he said, look, we're going to make this represent $100,000. So each dollar is 1000 You get that, right? Um, he says, okay, so what you're asking me to do is, is to give $10,000. I said, yeah, that's, that's actually what I'm, well, it's not me. It's what the word of God is actually asking of us. And, and so I want to encourage you to, to wrestle with this idea, right? And, and, and so I want you to go ahead and trust God in that area. He said, okay, I could do that. Now, he comes back to me about a year later and he says, Jeff, uh, you know, I, I've been trusting God in this area and it, it's incredible because I'm seeing open doors. I mean, I'm seeing more open relationships. I'm seeing more open partnerships with our business. And our business has actually, it's honestly gone roughly tenfold and I'm making a lot more money. I said, wow, that's awesome. That's incredible. Now, I want to pause because in this particular story, I'm talking about financial blessing, how God is opening the door. This is not always the case that when, the, when it says the Father will reward you, it's not always financial blessing. I don't want to overpromise to you today that when you give that you're going to get more. Okay, that we give out of the bottom of our heart to trust God and that we can see God show up in our lives, okay, just to be clear. But the businessman, we were having this conversation and, and, and he's like, man, I don't, I, I, what you're asking me to give in that, in that first 10%, it's a lot more money now. And, and, and I, I jokingly said, do you want to go back to making $100,000 so you're only giving $10,000? He didn't like that very much, church. And see, what happens is in this area, we begin to flip out about the zeros, and what I think we need to understand is God doesn't flip out about the zeros. I love this because this is simply an area of our lives that we get to actually begin to realize that this is an area to show our faith. This is an area where we can see God show up. And I want you to know today that God does not flip out about the zeros. Now, I want to get to this fourth point. Now, this is where I think Matthew chapter 6 sits. And this is why I want to address this for us today. See, the fourth step in this, in this practical understanding of the generosity ladder is that we would move from tithing to contagious generosity. This is where some people would call their offerings. It's the above and beyond. See, this idea of contagious generosity, this is where I believe that, that Paul addresses in, in, in Corinthians this idea to be a cheerful giver. See, and what happens is the higher we climb this ladder, what happens is it begins to, to strike a little bit more fear. The higher we get, it's a little bit like, ah, I got to be a little bit more cautious. And some of you are like, dude, he's really high on the ladder and the AC just came on, came on, is hitting him in the face. Hopefully he doesn't get blown off of that ladder. But see, in the same tension that you, you see me standing on this ladder, it's probably tenfold in the area of you trusting God with your finances. The higher we climb on the generosity ladder, the more nervous we get, the more cautious we get in trusting God in this area. 
And see, when we get to this level of contagious generosity, this is actually where it gets to be fun. And, and the reason why this is where it gets to be fun is because this is where we actually begin to see God show up. And, and where, where Paul talks about this idea, for God loves a cheerful giver. Not only do we get to please God, we get to show, we get to show God our love in the fact that we're a cheerful giver because we understand that we're not the ones who attained it in the first place or had the power to attain it, as Deuteronomy talked about. But see, as we climb up the generosity ladder, what happens is we begin to see multiplication. We begin to see people begin to open up to the idea of who God is. Church, I, I love this church because of your generosity. You helped us start a church. We would not be a church today if it wasn't for you. We would not be able to have the impact that we're having of seeing people get baptized, seeing people give their life to, um, seeing people give their, their lives to Jesus. We wouldn't see people getting in small groups. We wouldn't see people have a restorative understanding of what the local church is. See, none of these things would be happening in the LA basin if it wasn't for you. But see, this is what happens when you begin to give. And, and your pastor is one of the examples in this area. In the ways that, that Pastor Chris has encouraged me in this particular area has been so profound in the way that I lead my family. I love this idea of being contagious in our generosity because other people begin to ask why. Or other people begin to see God in a whole new way. Malachi talks about this idea that, that this idea that this is an area in life that you can actually test God. Do you realize God gives you the permission to test him in this generosity ladder? That God is giving you the permission to say, try, try me in this area. Let's see what you got. And see, as we climb up the generosity ladder, as we get to the point of contagious generosity, as Matthew chapter 6 gives you this assumptive phrase of, but when you give to the needy. See, when you give to God and you're trusting God, God begins to have an impact that's beyond your understanding. But see, there's so many different areas of our life we don't give to God because we place other things before God. And we're not even able to climb this ladder in the same way with the intern. that We wouldn't have given God the opportunity to show up and show off. I think about this idea. I talked about cookie jar, cookie jar and how I love it. I also love apple pie, which what I'm really telling you is I just love sugar. Let's, let's just be honest. Um, and then I wonder why my kids is always asking for dessert because their dad is always asking for dessert, right? Um, but I love apple pie, right? It, it, it's a fun one. But see, I think this apple pie today can represent our finances, right? And see, what happens with our finances is we begin to cut out portions of the pie with our finances, right? What's usually the first one, right? What's the first one that goes out? Rent or mortgage, right? We, we cut that piece of pie out and, and it, it's, you know, in, in California, it's a pretty big piece, amen? Right? It's, it's, we will make that a big old piece because, man, especially in Pasadena. Pasadena, some of you are like, I don't know how you live down there. I don't know how I live down there, to be honest with you, right? We, we take this big old piece and we kind of place it on there and we're like, all right, that's, that's that piece. And then we start like partitioning our finances in other areas, right? We, we can get our car, you know, car these days. Man, car prices have gone through the roof. Have you noticed that? But man, if you want a nice car, it's pretty crazy of what that's going to look like. So we take that piece of pie and then we start to go all the 
the other stuff, right? We gotta have our groceries, uh, or, or many of us, like we've gotta have uh, direct TV. Have you noticed direct TV is like a whole nother mortgage? Anyone else, can you feel me on that, right? You, you get the direct TV bill, because that's a whole nother thing. And see, we start to take these things and we put these pieces of pie, we gotta have our Starbucks, and Starbucks is a whole pie, because let's be honest, we gotta have the coffee, because we're not humans without that, right? And, and then we start to take all of these different things and we, we, chunk, we chunk them out, we, we place them on, on the plate, and then we're like, oh, that's right, I, I've, got, I've got this small little bit left. Um, I'm gonna place that right here. And we place it on the something category. And then we wonder why we're not able to climb the generosity ladder. And see, where I wanna, I wanna challenge you today is this, is as we approach the generosity ladder, Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I want you to start here. I want you to start with trusting me in this area. Because if you can trust me in this area, you're gonna give me the opportunity to show up and show off. See, this isn't even really about finances today. Actually, what this is about, this is about your faith. My hope and my prayer is that you would begin to climb the generosity ladder, giving God the opportunity to, to show up, to show off, so that other people can see God through you. Now see, when you get to this level, this is where you get to bless other people. Imagine if you were living in this category and you saw a neighbor in need and you got to bless them or love them. You, you know what they would ask? What's different about them? See, I think there's this New Testament idea of this idea of being set apart, that people would see us set apart for our faith because our belief and our trust in how Jesus is calling us to live would set us apart to where people would say, I want that hope. I want that love. I want that purpose. But see, we get so many things mixed up and our faith begins to diminish and we don't even give God the opportunity to show you the hope, love, and purpose that he wants. To show me the hope, love, and purpose God wants for us. And today, I want to present this idea of the generosity ladder to you. I want to encourage you to climb this ladder so that you can trust God. Because my hope and prayer is that you would begin to see God show up in your family. That you'd begin to see God show up in your community. That you'd begin to see God show up in your workplaces. So the other people would say, what's different about them? I love how Derek is presenting this opportunity where you can reach your neighbor. And you want the keys to unlock other people's ability to see God? Get to this step where you're, where you're living under the assumptive nature of, but when you give to the needy. And mark my words, more people will be asking about your faith than you would have ever guessed or, or had the opportunity to see before. So my hope and prayer today is that you would climb the generosity ladder and that you would trust God in this area. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that today as we wrestle with this truth, that we would trust you in this area. God, that we would see you step up in a whole new way. And I pray, God, that today, that as we begin to take the practical steps of the generosity ladder, God, that we would give you the position and the ability to show up and show off so that our faith could increase so that we could experience this hope, love, and purpose that you have wanted for us since the beginning. So God, we're trusting you in this area. It's in your name we pray. And all God's family said, amen. amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. 
Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.